Welcome to Highland Football Weekly with me, Ian Old, the sixth instalment of our Favourite Five series. And on this week's podcast, we're speaking to the former sports editor of the Highland News and North Star, a man who's covered football in the North for over 20 years. And I can't think of a player or a manager who's ever had a bad word to say about this man. It's Paul Chalky, a very Good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Thanks very much. Yes, um, it's been quite a, a roller coaster. And just before we started, we spoke about your, your brilliant podcast with Steve Kelly Patterson, which has, has gained a, a lot of reaction. And, uh, you know, he was my the, the first manager, I suppose, I ever covered a wee back in the day. Yeah, Chalky, you've um, you have covered uh, 20 years worth of football in the area. And yeah. the, the, the five games that we are going to talk mm-hmm. about today, well, you know, go over an incredible 20 years worth of football in the north um you know straight from you know probably super cali what a terrific time to be because let's give a bit of background to yourself because you're not you're not you're like myself um i'm I'm edinburgh born you're glasgow born uh you're not from from the area so when did you move to the islands yeah it was a strange one because um as you say Glasgow born and studied down in Hamilton and um, I was looking um, for my first job in, in journalism or paid job and uh, uh, had two opportunities really in, in Scotland. One was in Alloa with a paper called The Wee County News okay. um, and another one was uh, up in the Highlands with uh, the Highland News Group which was a, a series of three tabloids back in the day uh, edited by Nick Hunter um, and uh, the role was uh, a trainee job um, so um, I had a good feel about Inverness as soon as I came up for the interview I don't think I've ever been in Inverness before that but sometimes you just get a feeling when you, you go somewhere and there's, a, there's um, a good vibe about it and that's what I got just from that day and the, the welcome that I got went from um, Nick and all, all the guys at the paper that day and um, and uh, the rest is, is history I suppose and uh, but I began as a trainee reporter um, on the news desk so that was an enjoyable time back then. Yeah so I was going to say there was it was it sport or news because obviously the you know, the Highland News, the North Star, uh, and the Lacabar Times as well. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, incredible. Um, well, I mean, we, we, were we talking late 90s or we talk, was it 2000 you yeah, moved up? 99. Okay. January 99. My interview was the month before that, around about Christmas. And um, I got word uh, between Christmas and New Year that I'd got the job. So okay. it was a, a news job, which is, I think, always the best way to start in journalism because you learn the, the basics, uh, you know, all, all the key things that you, you know you take on in the, the sporting um, journalism you know, uh, area as well. So from that, that kind of thing, that was a really good grounding and um but with that first game the super cali game um i actually was still a, a news reporter and what happened is the sports editor of the time bernard salmon was actually on on holiday Jeez. um when the, the tie came around and you know Ian, of course it was 10 days before yep. that, that we were down at celtic park for the original tie when um the guttering got ripped off the lisbon line stand um and there was all the, the drama that afternoon with uh, less than an hour before kickoff the game was postponed and then 10 days later on february the 8th the history was written in that that uh, Tuesday night fixture, the 3-1 result and um, so that was a, a real learning curve for myself because I was down there as a trainee news reporter mm-hmm. and there was all this 
the, the, the anger of the Cali Thistle fans who made that journey in the first place there, one of the biggest games of their fledging club's career, mm-hmm. and that had been destroyed, and there was all the rows about compensation, and um, so that went on quite a while, and um, sorry, it just went straight into that press conference because Celtic um, made a statement, so I was very quickly in it, I had to get a copy and back up the road, so um, so that was good, and then then there was fresh preparations for the, the game itself when it came round. You, that's your first game that you've chosen of your five, Super Cali Go Ballistic. Now, we've spoken to, as you mentioned, Pelly there. We spoke to Pelly. I spoke to a number of players that played in that game. But now supporters will obviously, you know, fondly remember that night. You'll remember it as well. And it's it's funny you say there. I didn't know that, that, that Bernard Salmon was was on holiday. So as, as fate would have it, you know, you're there. You're only oh, a year into the job and you're covering... Yeah what potentially is um, the biggest game in, in Cali Thistle's history, but also that, that game had shockwaves around British football and, and even world football as well. You know, people sat up and took notice of that. For yourself as a, a young journalist in the press box, what was it like covering that game that night? Yeah, I mean, uh, and the funny thing for me, it was me going back home because I'm from the east end of Glasgow. Of course, so I was, yeah. Uh, I was about a, a mile from home and I think the build-up to it, and I've heard a, a number of your guests, Ian, say the guys involved that night on the playing side, is they, there was a, a sense that they could compete with Celtic and there were, there were weaknesses. Uh, the last thing you want as a club is to go there and suffer and premiership clubs suffer this now against Celtic in particular you, you can be hammered 4-5-6 if you're not on your game and that's the last thing they wanted even though they were one, they were one division down only uh, they, the last thing they wanted was that to happen and they wanted it to be a bit of a contest and to, to really come out maybe even with a, a two goal defeat and their heads held high and back up the road and ensure that Inverness were a club moving in the right direction and um, you know they didn't have do that by going toe to toe, and they took the game to Celtic. And um, a few of your guests have mentioned that a guy that maybe doesn't get enough praise for his performance that night, I thought was Jim Calder, mm-hmm. um, who, because as poor as Celtic were, they had those chances at key moments, and, and uh, Jim pulled off the saves when necessary. But yeah, in the press box, it was all um, new to me because I'd never been in that area of Celtic Park. I'd been in the away in normally as, a, as an Aberdeen fan over, over the years but um, been in the, the press box I was sitting next to Leah Williamson who was covering the game for the Inverness Courier and um, she like me wasn't in her usual role because I think the Courier sports editor I think at the time was David Beck was um, away at that point as well for some reason so uh, we were um, you know we known each other just from, from the office but there we were kind of pitched in together watching this un- unfold and it was the sense that when it when I think two one, you sense that something special was about to happen. It's interesting there you mentioned about the, you know yourself being a, a news journalist and also your colleague from yeah. the Courier, because mm. although it's a it's a sports fixture, Cali Thistle winning the game turned into a news story. I'm assuming yeah. that you know it was front as and back page coverage as well for the paper that week. Yes, absolutely, and um, everyone got, got involved in it. You know, the the provost, the councillors, the politicians of all all colours uh, were were involved in it, and um, it was pretty much a, a case of uh, you, you knew straight away that it 
it became something more than a sporting story and uh, it really did show that uh, football, football does uh, can pack a punch outside the, the central belt but, it, but what it does is it put Inverness as to where there's a lot of people may not even know where Inverness is they know about Loch Ness but you know <laughs> here's here's Cali Thistle showing exactly what, what they can do for an area away from the sporting arena Now it's one of my favourite places after a a Celtic or Rangers game, or, or was anyway, you know, covering Cali Thistle and Ross County when after the game, you know, the drill back to the press room and you, you get to witness the thoughts of both managers. And, you know, the Celtic and Rangers managers was always interesting because there's there's more scrutiny on them and there's there's a lot of uh, intense questioning from the, the Central Belt journalists. Take us into that press room, the Celtic press room that night, because... It's a new environment for yourself, but I'd imagine there'll be a lot of uh, daggers out for for Mister Barnes. What was the or what are your memories of the the press room? Because on one hand you've got you know uh, Pelly coming in with maybe one or two Cali Thistle players, but also I'm assuming you know that you you maybe saw John Barnes post match press conference that night. Yeah, that's right. It was an absolutely packed press room, and um, it's you know it's, it's quite a big. Pressure that goes quite deep. You've got the photographers at the back, so they were mm-hmm. bustling away, uh, sending their images, um, which we still see and we've seen it in, in recent weeks with the, the anniversary of it. They were at the back of the room, and the place was packed with, with journalists um, who I think had grown by the night as this story unfolded. <laughs> I believe it did because it was expected to be a, a routine win for Celtic but uh, I think um, more hot footed themselves along to Celtic Park for even more reaction because it isn't just that night's reaction but it would be days and days of copy to get through um, so yeah there was a long wait for John Barnes to c- come through um, I think I can't remember which Celtic players came through but there were one or two through firstly I was obviously waiting for Steve Patterson and Inverness reaction Steve I, I did remember coming to the the press room and um, uh, you know I, I congratulated him and he, he walked to the, the back of the, the room and uh, was taking stock of it but uh, he was ushered out the door by Celtic officials saying it, it wasn't quite the done thing for him to be in uh, you know ahead of what was about to, to happen John Barnes been uh, absolutely um, you know the question I mean, it was pretty severe as you you <laughs> Now, as we we said at the very start, you, you know you've you've you started covering sport for the paper, if you like, round about that time, and and twenty years on, it's incredible that the story that unfolds over those twenty years, in a couple of years' time, Steve Patterson moves to your own, um, you know, boyhood club Aberdeen, um, and then John Robertson comes in. Now you've chosen. You've chosen two games which will form part of your, your second favourite yeah. game, but it's a, a crazy week. And again, you know, we've we've spoken to some players involved in, in that incredible week. It is of course the end of the the uh 03 04 season. Cali Thistle have to go to Clyde and they have to beat Clyde. They do beat them two one and then they go on to beat St Johnston the week after to get promotion to the uh SBL Premiership, whatever you want to call it, the top flight. Take us back to that week because that must have been a an incredibly um, hectic week for obviously the club, but also as a as a as a local journalist as well because there was a there was a lot on offer that week, a lot to a lot to play for. 
a lot to chew over in, in the week before that Clyde game um, Cali Thistle um, were I think they played Falkirk drew 0-0 so they, they missed the opportunity to take top spot Clyde drew 1-1 with, with Air United as, as well so that kept Clyde uh, top of the table so Inverness knew for that opportunity of winning the title they had to go to Broadwood a, a, a really tricky ground and Clyde had a good side at, at that point as well um, actually win that match to grab control get into that last game against St Johnson that you mentioned so that was May the, the 8th they went out to Broadwood and um, uh, Clyde and Cali Thistle went toe-to-toe even and St Johnson <laughs> were up there just just behind them as well you know although they had, they'd fallen away a, a wee bit so um Hibs boss Jack Ross, he was in his last home game for Clyde and there was the big expectancy about the Bully Wee that they were, this was going to be their time. It's the top of the league. But a really, really big performance when it mattered from Cali So You know, they, they hadn't beaten Falkirk the week before and there was a real determination from John Robertson and his players that they felt that over the course of the season that they were the best team in this, this uh, league and they had a fortnight to ultimately prove it and they did with a, a real bold performance and two terrific goals when you, you see them back and I've been watching them lately and um, one player I've spoken to this year actually was Stephen Hislop who got one of the goals that mm-hmm. day and it, he, he was saying it was just an incredible atmosphere that day in sunny uh, Cumbernauld which is something you don't see often it's normally freezing <laughs> down there but it, it, it was just a, a great performance and they dug deep when it mattered because Clyde were throwing everything at them when it went level you mentioned John Robertson there. Yeah. Um, he, he's he's obviously, you know, a number of his players have have said to me about the the belief that he gave that team and the energy yeah. that he has as a as a character. Now the he probably you know believed that his guys could go to to Clyde and and yeah. win there and then go on to win the title. What was he like in the in the lead up to that that Clyde game? Can you remember you know what yeah. uh, the, the pre match press conference was like with uh, yourself and Robbo? Yeah, he was he was very um, very very focused as as, as he normally is. Uh, Rob with the task in, in hand. Um, it really was a case of that he's told his players that they are good enough uh, to take this, and it all boils down to this fortnight now, where his players have won big matches throughout the season, but they've also missed opportunities like that one the week before against Falkirk, and um, he just said that they've got the class, they've got the quality within that squad and when you look at um, the way Cali Fissel were just before John Robertson and Ellie spoke about how it was his determination to take them up to the SPL as it was, you know, they, they were missing just one or two players but Robbo had added, you know, star men like David Bingham that uh, I've spoken about um, on a number of occasions that really did make a difference that season to them get up and not get up and um, so yeah there was uh, without being cocky there was certainly the, the belief and confidence that they could go down and, and get that victory at Clyde that they needed to set them up for the, the game against Johnson which be, became something else in its own right because Cali Thistle of course by winning 2-1 at Clyde went top of the table and um St Johnson were about as tough a nut to crack after our Clyde as possible but there was the opportunity 90 minutes for this club to get the first ever promotion to the top table of Scottish football and the, the dream that Dougie McGilvery had set 
Steve Patterson all those years ago was um, was on the table on, on to be settled on the pitch at the Caledonian Stadium, and uh, Donald Park, Rubble's assistant, he played a big part in it. He was one that didn't like the limelight. He, but uh, he had uh, the players had huge respect for him behind the scenes. You know, uh, Parky was one that didn't ever like to do the press. You know him from his time at Hearts as well in mm-hmm. Edinburgh. But um, um, absolute first rate coach and he would he would make the players believe uh, so Robbo and Park together um, worked, worked well and uh, yeah there was a huge focus that week uh, getting into the St Johnson game and uh, pages and pages of, of copy had to be produced <laughs> It's not uh, it's a busy week for, for everyone concerned in the, in the media of course and I think that yeah. you know the, the day itself was a, a tremendous day I, I, I mean I, I moved up to Inverness two years Two years after it, but I, I've I was aware of it and and watched, you know I've seen the the highlights etc. And, and obviously, you know when you when you speak to the guys involved, you get a, you get a, a picture of what's going on. Now, Cali Thistle win the game three one. They get promotion to the top flight. Going back to what you mentioned there, copy, that must have been incredible for the paper because you know we're t- we're, we're going back to two thousand and four, way before social media hits the scene as well. That must have been a a, a real good moment for. For the papers, you know the Highland News especially because it's covering Inverness. Yeah. That must have been, you know, great for yourself, great copy. But also, you know, the, the following uh, week's edition, you know, lots of feel-good pictures. Supporters would have would have lapped it up. Yeah, that's right. And I think um, every paper treats stories differently. And when you're looking at the tabloid um, area back then, you know, it is very much picture. Led you really, you've got a, an absolute packed stadium at Cali Thistle that day, and lots of happy faces by the end of the, that day. So, pictures played a big part in it, but also um, the club were excellent in terms of the, the access. I think, um, from what I remember, Rubble said you can just speak to, to anyone, fill your boots. It was the end of the season, so you could get as, as much as you, as you wanted from, from the guys, and mm-hmm. the players were more than happy to speak about an occasion about about going up to the, the SPL but the backdrop to that happy occasion was the fact that there was this battle along summer uh, that followed where um, they didn't know whether the promotion was going to be rubber stamped because Patrick Thistle were um, at pains not to go down because Cali Thistle didn't have a stadium in place and Patrick felt that Cali Thistle had missed a deadline uh, with a ground sharing arrangement with, with Aberdeen, so that took the the um, the the gloss off it, if you if you like, for for a little while. But that day um, against St Johnston, a three-one victory itself was, was special, and uh, it would be forgotten for anyone that was there. And from a journalist's point of view, it was a a privilege to to cover uh, such a season. And it came just at local level as well. I should say that Clark won a double at Highland League of course, level yeah. as well. Robbie Robbie uh, Williamson, who you spoke to as well. So that all happened in the same season. So uh, we were given Clark the, the the coverage that they deserved as well. At, 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 uh, local level too. Busy man that uh, that year, uh, that's for sure. We're going to fast forward a few more years, Chalky, yeah. because as I mentioned right at the start, of course, you were editor for the North Star as well. There'll be Ross County mm-hmm. fans listening thinking, he's only chosen Cali Thistle games, but he hasn't. He's gone for a Ross County game and it's a game that I was there myself and I remember vividly. Um, of course, it is probably, we talked about Cali Thistle beating Celtic. Ross County 
beat Celtic at Hamden in your third of your five favourite games to reach the Scottish Cup final. Uh, take us back to ten years ago at Hamden as, as Ross County scalped Celtic 2-0 at the National Stadium. They did, and I've watched back the footage of this recently as well for um, my role at North Highland Radio at the moment, and you're looking at it, and that was a Celtic team. You know, the Cali um victory, the globalistic stands in its own right, mm-hmm. and, and so it should, but this was a Celtic team packed with absolute international quality, and they weren't... Um, Although Neil Lennon had just come into the job, he was the caretaker boss that day. There wasn't the same sense of a club in disarray. It was just a kind of shift within the club. There was still a club with with quality and still jotted down that the attendance that day was only 24,000, 7,000 of which were Staggies fans down from the north. So the Celtic fans expected to win this and cruise into the the final. Uh, Ross County, as you say, it it was a terrific performance. It it was deserved. There weren't many moments where you felt that Celtic were going to turn it around and that was all down to the performance of Ross County and how they controlled it. Mm-hmm. And that's something you don't even hear in a premiership fixture against Celtic. That very, very rarely happens. And Derek Adams um, and his players got it spot on that day. The way they controlled it at the key moments, the key men were involved when they had to, they defended. But I didn't ever feel they were under the, the cosh for too long. It was a Again, I had to watch the highlights back because in, in in your head you always remember things differently. But I, from what I can remember, I don't remember Celtic causing too many problems for Ross County. Yeah. They fairly, um, again, you know, outclassed Celtic that day. From the moment that uh, Martin Scott puts the the seal on the, on the victory, of course, Stephen Craig scores first in, in in the in the second half, and then Martin Scott puts the the cap on the victory. You must have, you know, sensed again. Probably the editor ringing. Uh, you know, there's a there's a big story breaking here. You know, scenes of of ten years ago at Celtic Park. There's there's a big story, and there's a, you know, there's a there's a lot to cover. You must have got that. But uh, you know, an, an anticipation, uh, and excitement from yourself that there's a there's a real big story to get your get your journalistic teeth into. That was it, yeah, and uh, the timing of that, uh, timing of that goal, eighty-eight minutes, when Jimmy Scott went in and, and took that away. Um, that was it. It was definitely game over, and we know Celtic are famous for their late recoveries. But even at that, at two-nil, you knew that they were, they were finished. And they looked finished at that point, and that's when you, you, uh, you know, in your final ten minutes, Ian, you know yourself, you're thinking about the, the players that you want, who are the key men that you want to interviewing Stephen Craig would be an obvious one for opening the scoring and then Jimmy Scott is elevated to the, the, the guy that you want to interview as well for absolutely finishing the, the dream for Celtic and uh, a lot of angry Celtic fans those that were still left within Hamden a very angry Neil Lennon down in the, the touchline um, but um, we, we know and you were there Neil Lennon was absolutely um, could be more full of praise for Ross County that day in their performance and as angry and as disappointed as he was for Celtic, he, he had to give credit for the way Ross County performed and, and he said so much um, in the press conference that night and Derek Adams, he um, was very, very measured uh, very uh, full of belief I suppose a little bit like 
Rodo in, in my previous example, he felt his players um, had delivered the, the game plan exactly as he, he'd set it out to be. But I think even in his wildest dreams, David Adams couldn't have imagined it going quite as well as it did that day. And um, it was all looking ahead to that cup final against Dundee United. I can't remember um, quite myself, but it's always a, a struggle at, at Hamden if you're I mean, I, I know that I went down there with uh, with John Rose uh, from MFR at the time, and and John went to interview Derek, and I think is it the is it level two? There's the the national theatre, the the lecture theatre where uh, yes. the managers go for their post match, and then you go down another level to the the mix zone, and it's the the kind of warm up area, and they they have it roped off, and and the players come out separate doors, and and kind of walk past the the press, you know, much. Similar to the scenes you, you see at, you know, for example, American sports, you see the kind of open press conferences and it's a kind of free-for-all. And I, I interviewed a lot of Ross County players as they came out that day and, I mean, I, I mean, I was in the kind of rabbit in the headlights, you know, running around trying to, to get interviews <laughs> with these these kind of, well, these players that had made big news. But, I, you know, you said they're near Lennon. I can't remember, uh, I, I didn't, or I wasn't aware of the Celtic players coming out or, or speaking to any Celtic players that day, but... I can't remember their their reactions too much, but it wasn't about Celtic. It was all about Ross County, and I think you know you said they are looking ahead to the Scottish Cup final for the the North Star. You know, at the time, a a real local paper. You know, that was a a big moment as well. I remember, you know, myself in MFR. You know, we did you know fan zone and things like that. It was a it was a great moment for a, a local uh, a local newspaper to to reach a Scottish Cup final, and and again. Probably something the North Star had never ever seen. So that must have been, yeah. you know, unknown uh, territory for yourself. That's right, because um, just the whole region gets a boost from it. The whole county uh, got got a boost, and uh, the, when are the tickets on sale? And you've got the opportunity to really dig deep when you've got the, the cup final, and you've got time to prepare for it as well. You know, you've got. Uh, that game was April the 10th, the cup final was May the 15th, more than a month to um, produce lots of different stories and you've got fans coming from all over the, the globe, not just the county um, and you've got pullouts as well when you reach cup finals as well to, to do And um, but one thing I have to say about Ross County and Cali Fissel is they, they were always very accommodating especially these big occasions where they know that you had a job to do and they made everyone available and you know how would I know uh, about fans and this is before social media really um, became anything like it is today how mm-hmm. would I know that there's fans flying over from Australia you're, you're needing assistance from the clubs and they would say oh look we've got this guy who you might be might be worth speaking to and photographs and whatever so you get guidance from the club and all publicity is good because they're trying to shift tickets as well and um, so it, it works both ways um, I do remember Ian speaking about Neil Lennon you know he's a guy that we don't uh, cover clearly because he's uh, down at Celtic but um, I do remember one night I don't know if you remember it Ian we were covering a game for Clark, um when they were fighting yes. for their cause to stay alive and Neil yep. Neil brought a team up, I think it was the under-20s he was in charge of then, and I just rem- remember there weren't many other media there that night, but we were the last two standing in the, in the pouring la- rain, yep. and uh, Neil was, he, he took ages to come out, but that's only because he was signing autographs and everything, everything he could do to help Clark that night, and um, you know, Neil maybe doesn't get a lot of 
credit sometimes for that that side of it. I think it's worth mentioning that at a press, you know, and he, he came out and uh, we were like drenched rats because there was no cover at that time mm-hmm. at Clark and we said to Neil, would you mind just take a minute for the local press? And he said, well, the bus hasn't gone anywhere without me, just take as long as you need. And that was that was a Tuesday night, so for the back page the next day, it was we were sorted and, and you were fine for MFR as well. Christ, I, I, you know what? It's funny you mention that because I completely erased that from my memory. I don't know if that's because of my uh, my leanings towards Neil Lennon, but I completely forgotten <laughs> about that. Uh, and you're right, we were we were hanging around till what well, gone on it the back of ten, night, yeah. and it was right beside the uh, right beside the the dressing rooms. You know that kind of wee space yeah. there where you hang about and wait for interviews. And and God, yeah, I'd forgotten about Neil Lennon because actually I I interviewed him. I think maybe. Couple of months before that, maybe, and he he'd come yeah. up to open the the Celtic Club shop uh, at the bottom of um, the high street, uh, or the top of the high street, whatever you're you're kind of looking at. And I remember mm-hmm. he uh, I'd been I'd been told by it was an agreement that MFR, MFR had with Celtic at the time to promote the the store opening that we could get access to. Uh, a, to, to, to whoever was opening the store and it was funny because yeah. Betty Ald not no relation was uh, was up the year before it must have been a yeah. reopening actually and Betty Ald you couldn't have met a nicer guy and he spent he oh, spent sure. he spent so much time with me and then I got a chance to interview the the, the guy who was opening the, the next the next store uh, and it was Neil Lennon and uh, and Celtic were playing Cali Thistle the night before so he's up and I remember it vividly because he came in and the uh, the press guy said there, there, there's there's Neil. I says oh nice to meet you blah blah, blah. and he was quite funny with me and, and actually he, I asked him a couple of questions at the Champions League and oh that kind of tarred my image of him but then oh, I've obviously okay. completely forgot about clacks that clack uh, that clack night so I'm glad you brought that because I've so was, I've, I've completely forgotten about that yeah, hey, he was he was he was brilliant he was really good um, talking about Hamden because that's where we stay for the next two of your um, your your five favourite games, number four and number five, both take place at Hamden. But first, I just want to get your thoughts on, because, yeah. I, I mean, I my my images of, of Hamden are obviously um, mainly around cup finals and, you know, great moments. But actually, I was very privileged to to attend some internationals for, for MFR. And I've been at Hamden, you know, covering Elgin City, you know, when, when they play Queen's Park, when there's, you know, a couple of hundred folk there. And it's a... It's a great yeah. place to, to go and, you know, you always hear players about, you know, the player from the player side of things, players love to go to Hamden to, yeah. you know, to, to play, obviously. It's a national stadium, but as a as a journalist, you know, you've been privileged over the years to, to go and work at Hamden. What's it like going to Hamden and, uh, and, and, and effectively playing your trade? Yeah, I mean, and I think you're right. You touched on it earlier. One of the... The difficulties as a journalist, if you're if you're the only one there covering it for your paper, is the the fact that they split the um, press uh, facilities up full time, and there's a reason for that, obviously, because uh, what they generally do is they put the managers into that. Um, it's, it is like a, a theatre, if you like, mm-hmm. uh, with the race seating. Um, and the so managers generally go there, and the players all come through the dressing room um, out towards the bus, as you say, through that warm out uh, warm up area. And um, the the players can either snub you, and normally the losing team quite often will snub you. But if it's uh, 
if you're on the winning side, is we've been fortunate enough to be with Cali Thistle and Ross County um, on occasions. Well, then um, they're more than happy to, to stand and speak to you, and they'll do several interviews before they make their way out to the, the courts. So, um, so yeah, it's tough when you're on your own because then you have to um, decide which one's the more important. Can you, for example, that day Celtic nil Ross County two. I, it was worth me missing Derek Adams back up in the in the um, theatre area because I knew I could catch up with him yeah. later on. Whereas downstairs, I was going to get more copy by speaking to several players, so I, I thought I would go for the the volume rather than anything else. So uh, that's the only difficulty. But it's a it's a real treat working at Hamden and being in the, the home of Scottish football, and there's plenty of um, space and you've got all the facilities you, you need. Um, and you're not far from where the, the technical areas are, so you get a good view of it. And, of course, when the, the teams have won the, the Cup, you're very close to that as well. So, yeah. um, And these days as well, of course, with social media, you're not only doing the copy, but you're, you'd be doing a video output as well. So even if it's just on your phone, you'd be getting the winning teams lifting that trophy and posting that on Facebook as well. So you're, you're getting across the different types of media and getting that out there as quickly as you can and journalism changed a lot as you know you know over the, the years and um, a way back when you'd be just getting the copy and you'd be writing it up maybe the next day but um, it's, it's very much changed and you're writing it as you as you go and, and giving goal updates on, on twitter and um, you know it's every facility and social media channel used to relay the messaging and it's uh, also let's not forget about the free meal that you get at Hamden before the game as well. They're very they're very good to you. They give you a free meal, and and there's a Nevis suite with the press the press centre, which is always uh, a treat. So it's Hamden we stay, and it's it's Cali Thistle that are in the Scottish Cup final five years after Ross County make it. Cali Thistle turn up at the Scottish Cup final in two thousand and fifteen, and they beat Falkirk by two goals to one. Um, your memories memories of this one. Yeah, and um, I remember the build-up to that one as well. We all ended up at um, the Red Poppy Cafe in Strathpeffer for the press, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, which was really, really, really nice. The club um, had linked up with, with those guys there, and um, we had an afternoon of interviewing the players and Big Yogi, and um, you know the, the twist, of course, with Yogi being such a a big character and Falkirk been such a big part of his background the former player and manager of Falkirk and he, he had huge memories of, of the Bairns but um, here he was out here to deny Falkirk this trophy and make history for Cali Thistle and um, what Cali Thistle achieved under John Robertson really um, sorry under John Hughes should not be underestimated to finish third in the Premiership and you can say all you like about Rangers not been involved and up at that level for Cali Thistle to be up there and to qualify uh, for Europe and to win the Scottish Cup and, and the different kind of pressure that they faced in that final uh, play, playing Falkirk where they were the favourites all of a sudden um, it brings its own different type of um, pressures if, if you like and the, you, you've spoken um, we've all seen the stories lately of Carl Tremarco and um, his regret over the, the the red card in that final, that that heaped the pressure on even even more um, against dangerous opponents in Falkirk and a, a team that really did cause problems in that final. And there, there was when you're sitting there in that press area and were, you're looking around at your your colleagues both locally and nationally, and you felt that maybe this final was going to 
turn against Cali Thistle at one stage, but they, um, they, they held out and they, they dug deep and got that goal when it mattered most. Take us to the, the, the mix zone again afterwards, because mm. actually I've got a, a memory of, of you in the, the mix zone. I was kind mm. of mulling around, um, oh. you know... Um, you know, obviously I was working for the club at the time, so I was kind of milling around in the, you know, behind the scenes, and I, I took a, a nosy into the mix zone, and I always, I always laugh because it, well, it makes me laugh. Ryan, you were interviewing Ryan Christie on your own, you know, for, for obviously for a piece for the paper, and yeah. and uh, Ryan, you know, as proud as punch, had his medal around his neck, and he still had the, the full kit on as well. You know, you could just tell he was in his element, you know, winning the Scottish Cup for his hometown club, and then he'd finished up with with yourself and. Uh, you know, I went to see if he was, if he was, you know, if he was okay. Of course, he was okay, but you know, check in with him, and then he actually says, "Hang on a minute," and he, he grabs, grabs you. He says, "Chalky, will you, will you put this in as well? Will you just make sure that uh, that I've won more Scottish cups than my dad?" And I thought I was, a, I was a, you know, just a, you know, a, a nice wee moment for him. Obviously, you know, his dad's a, a legend at the club, and and he is now rightly so as well. But but take us into that mix zone because that is. You know, spoken to a few guys that have won the Scottish Cup for Cali Thistle that year. It was a, it was a tremendous moment for them and their careers as well. And and that, you know, you'll get that emotion as well when they, you know, when they're, when they're they're spilling their guts, if you like, after the game. Yeah, I mean that's when these interviews just uh, take care of themselves. Even when you've got a winning player in that kind of scenario, the emotion just pours out of them, and um, they're more than happy to to speak to you. And um, Brian was a great example. Graham Shinney as well, you know, very very proud, and all these guys clutching their medals and just wanting to um, share their emotion with the supporters. And, and they knew that the, the supporter for want to lap up as much. Of this because this was a, an occasion for everyone to enjoy Cali Thistle fans and the whole city of Inverness with the, the next day's events at the Northern Meeting Park and the Open Top mm-hmm. Bus and um, everything that happened that day. So the, the players were um, um, just, I think I spoke to most of the, the squad within a, a half an hour period, and uh, your difficulty as a journalist is prioritising and, and working out what you're using and when and what what needs to be left out and um, some of the stuff you're putting on online that night so you're maybe sitting in the mix zone just um, rattling out some copy on the, on the laptop and others you're, you're saying right I'll write that when I get back but then you're going back up to the rest that night knowing that the next day you've got a full day's work in terms of the um, the celebrations at the Northern Meeting Park so it became an occasion for the city and the, the Highlands uh, when when history was was made, the Scottish Cup is just that wee bit extra special uh, as well. It's um, there's just that little bit more prestige with it. The oldest uh, competition in the world um, in terms of uh, domestic trophies. So uh, for Inverness to to do it in the manner they did, and you know, haven't knocked out Celtic as well in the way you, people might say. Well, it was Falkirk in the final; they were expected to win, which is disrespectful in itself. But you know, they knocked out Celtic in that controversial semi-final before it as well. So it, they didn't exactly get the easiest of routes to the to the final uh, in in the early stages as well. They knocked out St Mirren and Partick Thistle and Wraith Rovers to to get get to the semis. Now we're back at Hamden for the yeah. fifth game of your five. It ends with Silverware and it's back to County back mm-hmm. six years after losing the, the Scottish Cup final. They're back at Hamden, but this time they're winners. They win the League Cup, their first major honour in the club's history. Um obviously they've they've won leagues, but you know when you talk about major honours, you know, Scottish and League Cup, 
We spoke to Michael Gardine uh, a few weeks ago. Of course, he scored yes. in that game. But I want to I want to get your thoughts on because it's not really we've not mentioned it too much actually because I was always very thankful as a as a radio uh, broadcast journalist where you you know you're either live or you know you're you're waiting for the final whistle to go and then you can collect the thoughts of the managers players etc. But when you're on the whistle, I'm assuming that you would have been you know required to do an on the whistle report for the paper that day for online. And Alex Schalk grabs a late winner. You've got to rip up your your notebook yeah. and go again. Yeah. Ross County win the League Cup and win it in style as well. And that's the, the good thing, I suppose, about uh, Twitter is um, through our newspapers we would say follow the action on, on Twitter, you know, live goal updates. So, um, so supporters could at least follow the newspaper on Twitter so that when something happens as dramatically as the Alex Schalk goal, um, you get that on straight away before you do anything else, and um, because I suppose just before that you say we're we're getting ready for extra time, and uh, but there we are. Uh, Alex pops up with that goal, and um, it was a, a, a magnificent achievement for Ross County, and um, great for Jim McIntyre and Billy Dodds, that um, because there was that long. Um, period, of course, in, in the Scottish Cup where Hibs had not won silverware, but uh, silverware craved so much at Easter Road, as you, you know, Ian. Um, you know, they had that opportunity and they would have felt that going in against Ross County, that they would have been favourites. But um, for County to win their first major league trophy at Hampden so soon, in relative terms, as you say, after losing to Dundee United in the Scottish Cup, was great. And um, it, it was a real seesaw uh, um, outcome uh, or contest, as you say, with Michael Gardine scoring that, that opener 25 minutes. And he took it so well. It was in the build-up to, to speak to you today. And, you know, I've been revisiting these matches and, and looking at the footage. And Gardine took his goal so terrifically well. You know, Jackson Irvin's pass through to him. Then Liam Fontaine's on goal, ironically, uh, Liam, now a county player, um, he couldn't do anything about it, um, you know. Uh, and then one one, and then it, of course, at Liam Fontaine, as I say, picked, taking it to one one, and then it was all set up for Schultz, uh last minute drama. Um, so yeah, Hibs of course won the, the Scottish Cup less than three months later, if I'm not mistaken. Of course. Yeah, but we don't like to talk about that, Chucky. We don't like to. Uh, we don't want <laughs> to keep. Don't want to shine too much light <laughs> on Hibs, no. no, we don't want to talk about Hibs there that season because. Uh, the season yeah. ends with Ross County winning that League Cup, as far as I'm That's concerned. That's right. So, yeah, and it, as you say, you know, it, was, it was great for County. And yeah. it, it very much picture-led because you don't only have the, the full-time report. You know that you've got um, a very special North Star to get out the following week with the, the pull-out. And um, what we had, well, we had the photographers there that day. We had the, uh, our freelance guys that we used, you know, Ken McPherson, I think, particularly at that time. And we had... Um, uh, our own photographers, staff photographers down there get as much of the, the fan pictures outside mm-hmm. happening. So we've got the photographers inside and outside doing their job and then um, me getting as much reaction as I can from the players in management and uh, Roy McGregor, who's never shy of giving it a quote or two along the way. So, uh, so yeah, I was just delighted for everyone at Ross County because it was a, a long journey and um, 
with Cali Thistle uh, having won the, the Scottish Cup it was great for County to win the League Cup and of course both trophies resided in the Highlands for a short spell at the same time Yeah that, that you mentioned Roy McGregor there that, that Cup final for me is so many so many the story of Ross County winning the League Cup is a is a tremendous story but when you drill down into the finer details you obviously mentioned there the two senior cups in the Highlands who would have thought that back in 1994 yeah. when both clubs get admitted to the senior leagues but Roy McGregor, you mentioned there because it was it was interesting. I, I spoke to um, you know one of the a sponsor at um, at Ross County, and he was saying that you know sh- you know pretty much straight after the game, you know Roy was up, um, you know parading the 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 league cup around you know hospitality and which I, I thought was a, was a was a really nice touch actually because these are companies who've you know supported the club you know for years and he was getting he was you know almost including them in the. In the moment, you know, giving them a shot at the League Cup because these guys have, you know, their businesses have, have helped support Ross County through the through the um, through the years and, and and to the success. So they felt part of it. But when you mention Roy McGregor, there, what a tremendous story as well. You know, someone who's, you know, ploughed his his hard earned money into the football club and and now seeing the the fruits of his hard labour. That's right, and of course, the, we're having to speak to you t- today after the fixtures come out, and it's Ross County against Motherwell in the Premiership, and that was the opening Premiership fixture. Mm-hmm. The first ever uh, Premiership fixture was home to Motherwell as well, and uh, they're now uh, an established Premiership uh, club to, in many respects. You know, they weren't um, out of the, the bottom two, uh, they were always above the bottom two, I should say, last season as well. And, and Roy has invested heavily, he's made one or two mistakes uh, along the way, I, I have to say. And uh, I think, to be fair to Roy, what I would say is when he's made mistakes, he's been big enough to stand up and say that he's made them, mm-hmm. you know. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, for example, getting rid of Jim McIntyre and Billy Dodds, I don't think he's ever quite said it's a mistake, but he has said it, it was a really, really tough decision to do that. And Dick Campbell, when Ross County were top of Division 2, mm-hmm. he's taken some tough calls. But look at where Ross County are now, and um, you have to say that he, he's made these calls for what he believes is the, the good of Ross County and um, I think supporters can, can see that you know um, so yeah he's put his money where his mouth is over the years and um, but he's never forgotten the roots of, of the club as you say and the, the local sponsors are always uh, appreciative and uh, appreciated by Roy as well and um, I think um, reading this week that it's hard to sell at this time of the year the Highlands as a, a base for new players and sure Kettlewell's taking to using drones as a way for attracting players to Dingwall as well so um, you know every route is explored for Ross County and Cali this route to attract new talent to the Highlands and that's what we'll be looking for for a very different uh, couple of campaigns next season So Chalky five games there you've you've chosen as your favourite five over quite quite an incredible um, you know period for for North oh, football. Yeah. I know that you're still obviously covering the the football up here very closely. Um, yeah. You've mentioned so many characters there. You know each game, well, pretty much each game there is a different manager. Uh, yeah. The likes of Yogi, Jim McIntyre, Derek Adams, John Robertson, and Steve Patterson. You've had so many characters. Uh, there's been a few obviously that have missed out there. You know, like Teddy Butcher, for example, that along the of way. Course, yeah. um, is it you know? Working with so many characters must have kept the, the job, you know, so varied and uh, and and so entertaining throughout the years as well. I'd imagine you've you've had a um, you've had a ball, especially for the paper, you know, covering 
the football and, and working with you know so many people and, and even the players as well. You know, Christ, there's um, how many players have you spoken to over the years? You know, I know that's right, and I have to say, um, I need to give. Yeah, credit to most clubs because um, I was in a very fortunate position and it's all about um, fostering relationships Ian, as, as you know in this mm-hmm. job and mm-hmm. um, I, I was very lucky in that both clubs for the majority of the time there um, I was allowed one-to-one access to, to the manager and, and players I, I think there was a realisation that um, as a weekly paper you, you only get one bite of the cherry um, so if I'm in and interviewing at the same time as everyone else. Well, my copy's just got to be the same as what people are reading in the the, in the nationals and the and the PNG. So I had to get something different in the. Um, so you had to kind of build a relationship and, and the trust element as well. And um, both clubs were terrific on, on that front. And um, it, sometimes you have to pinch yourself. You mentioned Terry Butcher. This is a guy that. You know, when you're growing up, you're watching England in the World Cup finals take on uh, the cream of the crop in Argentina and your, your West Germany's as it was back in the day. And here, you're one-to-one in a room asking questions to, to Terry Butcher. And every manager was terrific in their own way with me, you know, very different characters, uh, as, as you say, Ian. But all of them were respectful for the job that you had to do. They knew that you were asking the questions on behalf of the supporters and um, it was always important to me that supporters could get in touch with me if there were any concerns and I would take it to the to the club uh, on their behalf because they couldn't necessarily do that. I think there's more open doors now for supporters to have direct access to, to people at the top within football clubs, uh, mainly through Twitter and Facebook, um, but there's certainly a, a role there in journalism's changed a lot, reading uh, a bit hard times for newspapers even this morning at, at Reach, and, um, mm-hmm. but I think we're just turning into a more digital phase more than ever, um, uh, but you know, the, the work that's out there through Elf and the podcast as well as another dimension now for supporters to lap up the, the very real stories that are out there, it's been great, it's uh, reliving the, the, the players memories and uh, and uh, as you say we've nailed it down to five I snuck six uh, matches in there you know as you can imagine I've got a, a, another bit of paper that I could easily have done another another five or more but it's been, it's been great to, to share that with you. Yeah as I say there's um well, choosing five games is is incredibly difficult over a, over that period of time there's a few games I know that you you know you had a few that kind of backups um but there's so many games in there when I mentioned yeah. the cut the characters I'm assuming that you know, it's a it's almost a way of life, as well. You know, obviously you're, you know, you're you're working in football day in day out, and I'm I'm assuming that you've many, you've met many, uh, other great characters along the way, not just at, at the football clubs as well, because you mentioned that you know a couple of guys there, you know, colleagues. You mentioned Ken McPherson. I know that there's a there's That's a right. there's a raft of guys that you've shared press boxes with over the years as well. So you've, you know, you've uh, you've met some some great people along the way as well. Yeah, absolutely, and it's been great. I worked with yourself all day back in the day at M- mm-hmm. MFR. You mm-hmm. kindly invited me along. I think I did about a season working alongside you, Brian Irvin, who was one of your guests. Right, you right. On some of those kind of car journeys as well, and um, it was great to, to see that side of things. You know, these days I'm doing 
North Highland Radio every Friday night, a wee sports show yep. on there called Alive and Kicking. And um, I've got great relationships with, for example, Trevor Martin, who has been very helpful at supplying pictures and whatever. So, and, uh, you know, we've got Alistair Fraser, the, the guys I know from the Nationals, Andy Skinner, yeah, and Jamie Durant, you know. So we've worked with a lot of good guys over, over the years, too many to, to mention. And, um, you know, it's just been a, been a great journey. And uh, journalism just takes you in various routes. And uh, I'm on uh, the North Highland Radio route, and I've started. Um, uh, I don't hope you don't mind me just mentioning a chalk sport blog that I've begun. I was going to mention it myself, so you go for it. Aye, it's just started. I'm putting copy on most days there. It's called uh, Chalk Sport, and uh, just mainly featuring um, any topics of the day. Um, and um, you know, uh, encourage anyone to go on and have their. Have, have their say and um, one, I'm running my polls on Twitter as well both alive and kicking and, and my own one as well and a, a resounding result this week Ian just for your listeners is uh, asked and maybe it's because Ross County are less than a month away from kickoff. but I've asked the supporters of Cali Thistling County who they feel most optimistic about going into next season and I think it was 81% say Ross County are going to have the better season but maybe that's just because Cali Thistle are in limbo right now mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. we don't know what's happening with your beloved hearts and what's, how that one's going to play out well that'll uh, that's uh, of course we'll well, uh, that's, a, that's another hour that's at least another uh, aye, that's another hour at least we don't know what the what the hell's going on uh, with uh, that at the moment and yeah. well as I said we could spend an hour another hour yeah. talking maybe one day we'll talk about uh, We'll spend an hour talking about Scottish football, but in the meantime, Chalky, you mentioned there that the, the blog, of course, the the media landscape is is changing. I mean, you mentioned there starting in nineteen ninety nine, you know, b- podcasts, blogs, you know, even even sports shows on radio, you know, that 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 kind of thing in nineteen ninety nine. Wow, uh, it just shows you how much the media landscape has come on. But yeah, people can listen to you on a Friday night on North Highland Radio, and also check out Chalk Sport as well, which I think is brilliant because. Uh, who wants to listen to talk sport when you can read chalk sport? There you are. Um, and uh, listen, as I said, Chalky, it's been it's been brilliant looking over uh, just five games there. Thanks for your time uh, this morning Thanks as we record me. this. And uh, yeah, stay safe. Okay, Andrew. Thanks very much, Ian. Cheers, mate.